0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. Well, as we think through our Christian lives, uh, there is one thing that we all have in common. There is one particular sin that every single Christian is going to have to fight against And that is the sin of pride, that we will all be tempted to rely too much on ourselves, to think too much about ourselves, to focus too much on ourselves, to think higher of ourselves than we should think. And that is something, and it might look different for different Christians, but we will all be fighting that battle. And so that's why as we think through the Christian life, one thing that we should all be in pursuit of every day is humility. We want to pursue humility. And as we dig into 1 Corinthians chapter 4 today, I think we're going to get a great lesson on what that should look like. What are some of the things that we should avoid and what are some of the things that we should pursue? And so, as we think through 1 Corinthians, remember this is a church that there were a lot of issues. It doesn't really start with Paul addressing some theological topic. He's just kind of diving into different issues in the church. And it seems that this church is immature, it's divided. And here we're going to see one of the reasons for that is there's pride, there's arrogance going on in this church. And so instead of just thinking about all oh, those Corinthians, we need to really examine ourselves as we look out for pride in our own lives, and as we really try to pursue humility as we follow Jesus Christ. I want to give you three things to consider from this passage as we think about it today in our Bible reading. And the first is consider your own judgment. Consider your own judgment. And this kind of flows in from yesterday where we saw Paul being concerned about a judgment that Everybody will experience as Christians. And so, this is not a judgment of condemnation of heaven or hell. This is an evaluation of what we have done to serve the Lord. And some of those things are going to stand up under the test, and some of the things are going to be exposed. And you can see how personally he takes this here at the beginning of the chapter. Look at verse one. It says, This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Even there, he's putting himself on a low place. There, the word for servants isn't the word doulos, which is used a lot in the New Testament. It's a word that kind of describes the under rowers on a ship, right? Just a very lowly service post. And then he says, moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart, Then each one will receive his commendation from God. And so that's where you see Paul. He's clearly conscious of the judgment that he will face before Christ, so much so that he's like, you know what? I don't really care what other people think about me. I don't even really care how I think about myself. There's only one opinion that matters, and that is the opinion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even as we think about that, there's ways I think that should be encouraging to believers And there's ways that should be challenging. I mean, just to think the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Well, there might be times in life where you are being unfairly criticized and you know the purpose of your heart is good. You want to honor Christ, but you are being slandered. You are being persecuted. You're just being treated unfairly. Well, wow. Isn't the judgment of Christ an encouraging thought to you? That you know, hey, on that day, the purpose of my heart is going to be known. And Jesus is not going to unfairly criticize or judge me. He knows my heart. And that should all that thought should also be challenging to us as believers. Thinking about the things hidden in darkness that will be revealed. Are there things in our mind or motives in our hearts or actions in our lives that we think are revealed? They are going to be disclosed on that day. And see how that would put us in a more humble posture if we were just considering more our judgment that we will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That would help us to be maybe less defensive as even as we take unfair criticisms from others. And it would also teach us to really examine our own hearts and really to pray things like, God, search my heart. Uh, see if there be sin in my life. Because if there is, God, I want it exposed now so I can deal with it. I don't want it exposed at the judgment seat of Christ. So as we pursue humility, first consider your own judgment. Next, consider your goals. Uh, We see that he kind of takes them to task and he starts to get, as we're going to see both in 1st and 2nd Corinthians, he, he can get a little sarcastic with them. And in verse eight, he says, "'Already you have all you want. "'Already you have become rich. "'Without us, you have become kings. "'And would that you did reign "'so that we might share the rule with you.'" So I think these are some sarcastic statements, but then he starts talking about the apostles. Oh, we're last of all, like men sentenced to death because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels and to men. We are fools for Christ's sake, but you are wise. We are weak, but you are strong. You are held in honor, but we in disrepute. To the present hour, we hunger and thirst. We are poorly dressed and buffeted and homeless. And when we labor, working with our own hands, When reviled we bless, when persecuted we endure, when slandered we entreat, we have become and are still like the scum of the world, the refuse of all things." And we see clearly Paul's life of ministry did not lead to riches. It did not lead to a lot of what the world would envision as success. It led to a lot of suffering and a lot of hardship. And it seems that the Corinthians in their immaturity were just kind of expecting they were just going to be flying first class to the kingdom. And hey, well, because we've got it all figured out, we're rich. We're living in comfort. I don't know what's wrong with you apostles. Well, the apostles, their goal was serving Christ. And if that meant suffering, so be it. The goal of the Corinthians seemed to be more focused on themselves. So this is where we need to consider our own goals. Are we really out to serve Christ and his kingdom first and foremost? Or are we really out to serve ourselves and to be comfortable and uh, just to experience worldly success? That's the second thing we want to consider. So consider your own judgment, consider your goals, and then finally consider your leaders. Verse 14, Paul starts talking about how he's really their father in the Lord and he tells them, hey, you need to imitate me and I'm going to send you Timothy because he's following my example and I want you to follow his example. And so we need to realize that one of the ways we're going to have to pursue humility is by looking to the example of others. We should not think, well, hey, I've got it all figured out and I wish everybody could learn from me. No, we should be thinking, man, I want to learn from other people. I want to find good examples and learn from them. So hopefully your leaders, even your pastors at church, they should fit this description, but hopefully that's just the beginning. Hopefully there's people in your church, maybe some even the same age as you, some older than you, maybe even some younger than you, that you are challenged by their example. Maybe you have an example in your family or someone in your workplace or in your field of work, but look for good godly Christian examples and humble yourself to learn from those examples. We want to pursue humility. So let's do that. And from this chapter, let's consider our judgment, consider our goals, and consider our leaders. And even as we think about humility, uh, and even there's a great uh, sentence in there in 1 Corinthians 4, where it talks about, what do you have that you did not receive? right? That's the attitude we want. Humility, not acting entitled in any way. And we get a glimpse of a character in the Bible that lived that out in Mark chapter 7, Mark chapter 7, 24 through 37. And we'll we'll really look at the first part of that passage where there's this Gentile woman that comes and begs Jesus to cast a demon out of her daughter. And Jesus at first seems to kind of be saying no and kind of putting up an obstacle. And really, we know the focus of Jesus's ministry was to the house of Israel. And then we see through, especially Paul, that ministry expanded to the Gentiles. But Jesus's focus in his earthly ministry, especially, was more on the house of Israel. And so he says in verse 27, let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And so I think what he is saying there is, hey, I'm here to focus on the people of Israel. But look at her response. She doesn't get offended. She doesn't get defensive. She doesn't act entitled. She just says, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And Jesus is impressed by that answer. Clearly in verse 29, he says, for this statement. You may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. She came to Jesus not acting like she deserved anything. She was hoping just for the scraps falling from the table. And as we come to Christ, may we come uh, not acting like we deserve anything, but coming humbly. And even though as Christians, we can not come boldly, we come boldly in the name of Jesus, knowing that it is only because of Jesus that we even have access to God. So this is another example that hopefully will encourage humility in our own hearts and lives. We see a little bit of a different example in 1 Samuel. As we go to 1 Samuel chapters 9 and 10. 1 Samuel chapters 9 and 10. And here we're introduced to the man who will become, by the end of our reading today, King Saul. And I remember my dad always used to call King Saul the Burger King, King. Going back to that old slogan, have it your way right away. Well, King Saul wanted it his way. And th- that's the thing. We know that from the beginning. So it's kind of hard to read these initial chapters without knowing what happens to Saul. And that's where I think what we see here, Saul was uh, not uh, not everything that Saul did was wrong. But we do, I think, start to see problems even in our reading today. I think him hiding in the baggage as he is proclaimed king, I don't think that was a godly act of humility. I think that was more fear and a lack of confidence in the God who had said, I am going to make you king. And ultimately, I think in King Saul, we're going to see someone who is fearful, someone who does want to have it his way right away. And it's not going to be the most encouraging example. And now again, as you read today, you don't want to necessarily read every little thing that Saul does in that negative light. But I do think we start to see some concerning things that we know will play out over the course of the life of King Saul. Finally, we get to Psalm 59, verses 1 through 7, and this is a prayer, uh, a prayer really for deliverance, and that's a common theme that we see in the Psalms, someone in a hard situation coming to God, and the way we've broken up this Psalm, we'll read most of the resolution of this thought tomorrow, but it begins, "'Deliver me from my enemies, O my God.'" Protect me from those who rise up against me, deliver me from those that who work evil, and save me from bloodthirsty men. And when we come to hard situations or situations where we need deliverance, may we go to God uh, with this same level of fervor, and may we go as we've seen from our other passages today with humility, coming to God, not as if we deserve something on our own, but coming boldly in the name of Jesus and seeking help. So as we live out this Wednesday, may we watch out for the the pride that could be creeping into our own hearts and let's pursue humility together.